Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Gina Bianca podcast. So excited to be here again with one of my mentors and business coaches, Michael Yost of Strategies. We are here today to talk about the four business outcomes and break them down for all of you. I'm so excited to talk about these things. I'm so like geeking out about business. Like I love to talk about the business side of things and I love to talk about it with people who really, really understand it and can help me learn too. So I'm really excited. I know I'm going to learn so much. So Michael, welcome back to the show. Introduce yourself for anyone who might not have heard our first episode and we'll get started. All right. Thanks for having me back again, Gina. My name is Michael Yost. I am the vice president of education here at Strategies. And again, just as I like to say, if you're not familiar with Strategies, we are a business education company within the beauty industry. So uh, thanks for having me back, Gina. My pleasure. So excited. Our first episode was amazing. If you guys haven't listened to it yet, make sure you go back and listen to it. It was an amazing episode. We talked all about team-based business. We talked all about strategies and we ended the episode talking about the four business outcomes. And the reason we were talking about the four business outcomes is because I shared one of the best things I learned about learned from strategies when I was first opening my business was the four business outcomes, because like most salon owners, I wanted to open a business to start my own thing, to have my own culture, to build my own dream and to really create that vision and bring it to life. But I was lacking the business education and really how I, what I learned from strategies, one of the biggest things were the four business outcomes. I go back to them all the time. I feel like they're super foundational and really easy to break down and unpack on the podcast. So let's start, Michael, what are the four business outcomes? So four business outcomes are productivity, profitability, staff retention, and customer loyalty. And as we talked at the end of the last episode, but if you didn't hear it, uh, what I shared was these four outcomes uh, are a part of everyone's business. Anything that you do in your company, uh, the day-to-day workings of your company impact at least one, if not, and honestly, all of these outcomes, because they're all intertwined. So it does not matter what services you offer. does not matter the type of business that you are. Uh, you will impact one or more of these areas with every action that happens in your company. And, you know, I love them. And Gene, I know how you shared, you love them, but I love them. Because when I was a business owner, uh, and again, I was a business owner for 16 years, uh, every time I started to get myself a little bit off course, every time I got myself a little bit in the deep end of the swimming pool and felt like, what do I need to focus on? I always use these to center myself back to say, is a decision or something, an action I'm taking today impacting one of these four outcomes in a positive way. And if so, then I'm doing the right work of my day. So I just use them as a centering tool as well. So again, productivity, profitability, staff retention, customer loyalty, those are your outcomes and you all have them. Yeah. They happen no matter what. Yep. Exactly. Amazing. So I love this. I'm so excited to talk about it. So let's start with productivity. So what is productivity? 
All right. In the simplest, in the simplest way to think about it is productivity is the work of the company. We'll just say it that way. It's the work of the company. Um, and you know, we measure productivity uh from a standpoint of the hours that we have available to sell. And so again, here's a commonality amongst uh all of us that are listening. You know, you sell time. Simple as that. You sell time. If you're in a customer service business, you sell time. Now, you may call your time a haircut, a color service, a massage, whatever you call it. Doesn't matter what you call it. In the end, you sell time. And so productivity is the work of the company, or more specifically, the measurement of the time and how efficiently we sell that time in our company. Love it. I'm taking notes, <laughs> like always taking notes, talking to you guys. <laughs> um, so productivity, we sell time. And I feel like I've been preaching this for a million years, <laughs> especially with like the price breakdowns and everything and, and talking about charging, like um, talking about hourly uh pricing and all of those things. And like, I'm the type of person who I have a la carte pricing on the back end. And then I put my pricing out there and it is, you know, booked in services, but I'm thinking of hour long, two hour long, three hour long, four hour long time slots and how I can be the most productive while I'm at work. So when yeah. we talk about productivity as a salon owner, what can salon owners do to increase their productivity? Well, again, some some key things that you know you can do to increase productivity is, is simply this. Uh, and so, first thing I would just immediately start with the easiest thing is to pre-book appointments. Pre-book appointments. It's the absolute easiest thing you can do to impact productivity, especially for your future. All right. Now, what is that going to do? Anything to impact productivity in that day? No, not specifically for that day, but it does help you for the next in 30 days or 60 days or whenever that next uh, that next appointment would get scheduled. And it's an area that's still so, so, so many businesses still kind of treat kind of like, well, I know that, but and they they I don't think they still put the emphasis on it that it really needs to have. So, uh, one thing that you can do is pre-book, pre-book, and pre-book to ensure that your future time is being sold. Uh, so there's one thing. I, I got more. I don't know, but I don't know if you. I'm going to stop there just to say I don't know if you want to break anything down already or I not, mean, Gina. So I'll pause for a second. I remember I came home from a strategies class and we had all these iPads I had bought. Like I was like literally bawling out when we were uh, at my team based salon. We were like always innovating with technology. We had like music videos playing in the background. We had like all kinds of stuff there. But I remember I bought all these iPads and my vision was that everyone had their portfolio on the iPad. But little did I know the iPad would be our number one pre-book driver. I came back from a class. I think I took incubator for the second time I came back and I was just like, okay, we're pre-booking everybody from now on. I want you guys to watch me today. I'm going to pre-book hundred percent of my appointments because I was having a challenge with no shows, last minute cancellations. And I had so many artists that we had hired, but we weren't like, we hadn't implemented a cancellation policy. We hadn't implemented, um, like those, uh, we weren't doing like, we weren't being super like amazing 
amazing with confirmations because we didn't have a set front desk person. So we were having those fall through the cracks where we had hours available and productivity was at like 60%. And when you have a big team, you're paying out hourly, you don't want to cut hours and you really want to, because cutting hours can really like dampen the mood. You know what I mean? So I was like, we must solve this problem of productivity. We can't have all these people here just cleaning. Um, and we can't be cutting hours. Like that is not good for culture. It's just not people want to be working. And if they don't want to be working, you know, this didn't fit with our culture anyway. So we had a challenge and I remember coming back from class and I was just like, this is going to solve the, pre- the productivity issue that we were having. And there were so many things affecting productivity. Like I had shared before, like the can- last minute cancellations, no, show, so many things, but I was like, there's one thing that can change it. And it was pre-book and the iPads I went through. And at every single appointment in the consultation, I got the pre-book. And even if they said, no, I did it anyway. And I was just like, listen, I'm busy. I'm going to put it in. You can cancel it on your way out, but I have to make sure that I at least get you in the day and time that you want, because I cannot guarantee you're going to get the day and time that you want. We were slower than ever, but nobody knew that. Right. You know, we were slower than ever, but nobody knew that. And it was like in the summertime, we had so many last minute cancellations, no shows, all of those things. And other ways I'm sure we'll talk about shortly about productivity is those cancellation fees, the, um, you know, confirmations is huge. Like if you're going to pre-book, you have to confirm appointments. You can't just pre-book and then do nothing. You're going to have so many no-shows. People just don't remember. So it's really elevating that service to the next level. But pre-book for me changed my business. And once I saw the problem solved, it was literally like, oh, problem solved. Now it's like, we're 80% productive. Let's hire people. And then it's getting them busy and, and doing marketing to get them booked. Yep. So, you know, going back to, you know, actually, as you were kind of talking about all that, and again, love everything that you shared there, um, you brought up a couple of things that I think I want to make sure that before we progress any farther that we talk about as well, because you mentioned you threw out a productivity number and, you know, you said 60% or things like that. For those that aren't familiar, let's let's step back. Actually, uh, I'm going to go back two steps. Let's go back because so, I just totally like word vomited everything. That's all right. Like, no, that's all right. You're like, so, do you want to talk about pre-book? I'm like, absolutely, I do. But absolutely. And we can talk more about pre-book for sure. What I want to say is... So productivity, so is the measurement of your time, right? How many, how, how efficiently, let's just say it this way, this is where I'm taking that step back to the beginning, because I should have said it then. So if productivity is the, the measurement of how effectively or efficiently we sell our time, you guys should kind of probably know what a good range to be, to measure our productivity would be. So let's start with that to say that. We advocate at strategies. We advocate that you live in the 80 to 85% range when it comes to productivity. So what I mean by that is I have 100 hours available for sale in my company. As an example, I might have 100 hours for sale. And what I mean by that is I'm taking, oh, my schedule along with Gina's schedule, along with Jim's schedule and Julie's schedule. I add those up and I say, hey, between the four of them, we have 100 hours available to sell, let's say in this week. Okay. Now, how many of those hours did we sell? So it's hours, you know hours um, sold 
And we look then at how many hours we have available for sale. So I have 100 hours available for sale. How many of those hours did I sell? Let's say I sold 75 of those hours. Well, you know, if I sold 75 hours, I had 100 hours for sale. That means I'm 75% productive. So in other words, it's small number divided by the bigger number gives you a percentage, basically. All right. And that's how you want to calculate it for your company. All right. That's how you want to calculate for your company. Now, we advocate 80 to 85% for the reason being that when you get above 85%, you start to become too busy. And there is such a thing as too busy. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people hang their hat on the pride of, you can't get into me for six months. Well, that's not really something to brag about, to be honest with you. That might be kind of nice to hear and kind of nice to, you know, makes you feel good. But the fact of the matter is what that means is the business or you are turning away business that wants to be a part of you. And so when you grow above 85%, you actually start to turn more business away than what you can accept. And so, yeah, 85% allows you to certainly be very busy as a company. And it might take a little bit of time to get into your company, you know, a couple weeks, maybe three, four weeks, things like that. But we don't want to be inconveniencing either because the phone's ringing and you know how that conversation goes, Gina, right? You've been on the end of these calls where, hey, the phone rings and Mr. Jones is like, hey, can I get a haircut? And you're like, uh, I got something in like eight weeks from now. And then she doesn't say no. what she says is, let me, you know what? I need to go check something. I'll call and get back to you. And we know exactly what that means. That means she's calling five other places around you. And if she can get in sooner there, she's going to take that opportunity, you know, rather than say, take yours. So I have to say, just to add on to that is like, you know, that conversation, the conversation for me is like, yeah, come now. <laughs> right. Exactly. I was going to so, say you were the, the queen of like, like, come now. What? Like, where my, are you going to do that? I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Literally, that was me. I was just like, yeah, just come now. And like that might, pro that might. Okay. So let's talk about balance really quick of our four <laughs> okay. business outcomes, because that would positively affect profitability, but it will negatively affect staff retention because you're working everybody to death and yes. it will negatively affect customer loyalty because we are not spending that dedicated time to our customer and we're squeezing yes. people in. And yep. as far as productivity goes, you can be too busy. That's what leads to burnout. Yep. Uh, and, and Gina, I love the fact that you said that, you know, that's exactly it. the byproducts along with being, you know, along with turning business away that wants to be a part of your business, Gina, man, you just said three so super powerful things that are all 100% spot on. You get too, you get too productive that over 85% and you just use the right word. Burnout happens because what that looks like then is, Hey, you know what people would, I don't know, maybe in a 10 hour day, like to have at least a lunch somewhere or grab at least a sandwich and not have to do it while they're mixing color in the back or while they're doing something else or, or making up excuses to step out for just a second. So you can go, I mean, you know, the beauty of, I mean, I have been out of the hairdressing. I sold my business, uh, 
just over five years ago, I still eat like a hairdresser. And we all know what that means. That means I can eat a pizza in about three and a half minutes because that's what we're all trained to do. And I do it standing up. My wife still yells at me. She's like, would you sit down to eat? I'm like, I like to stand up to eat. It just feels more natural because that's what you do. You do it over the sink, right? Or at the washer or the dryer, right? That's where you're just, you're cramming food in your face. You're like, and, I was born uh, this way. Yeah. So it leads to burnout. It leads to burnout. You know, uh, simple said, it leads to a hard to create, a, it's hard to create a balance in life when you're that product, when you, when you become too when that gets too extreme, it's hard to create. And I love the fact that you said this, and I know we'll explore this more, uh, a huge, huge, huge piece of, I don't want to go unnoticed. The customer experience suffers. It just, just it, you just, it will suffer. I guarantee it. And that is not good for when we'll talk, when we get to customer loyalty, we'll talk way more about that, but I'm just going to leave it alone and say, but that customer experience suffers the burnout, all those things that you cited a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Totally. So we talked about what is productivity hours for sale versus hours sold and that percentage, right? right? We talked about how we measure it. You said the big number divided by the small number, right? Did I get it yes. right? Big, yes. Small yeah. number divided by the big number. Small number divided by the big yep. number. And that'll give you like some kind of a decimal, but that's your percentage. It'll be like 0.73. So 73%. Or you can ask Siri and she will give you the Or right you answer. can ask Siri. You got it. <laughs> so can, my fifth grade math it. teacher, she was just like, you're not going to have a calculator. I'm like, no, I'm going to have a robot to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, you were right. Absolutely. As always. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, so we also talked about where our profit, our productivity should be, which is around 80 to 85%. Right. And can you be yep. too busy? Yes. You could lead you to burnout. That is not healthy. Obviously it can lead to a bad guest experience. It could lead to burning out your staff. So it's going to negatively impact the other four business. So remember we were saying just the things you do every day. So taking that extra appointment will positively or negatively affect those four business outcomes. And I want to add one more because overbooking and being too busy will affect all four business outcomes negatively. And I know from personal, personal experience, because profitability, will you make more money? Yes. Will it damage your relationship with profitability? Yes. Because I had a very unhealthy relationship with my profitability number. It was like, if I wasn't hitting a certain number, I was not happy and it was only possible with me double, triple, quadruple booking. So it was a really unhealthy relationship with those numbers. It wasn't reality and it wasn't a healthy, sustainable growth rate. Yep, exactly, exactly. And as long as we're on this line of thinking too, the other thing I wanna make sure we talk about as well, and I think now is a great time to do it as any, is if your profitability then is on the other side of that 80% and it's too low. And so there's a big line there. And what I would tell you all is, while our sweet spot is 80 to 85%, that's where we'd love you to be, that's the sweet spot. If you're below 75%, all right, you really are inefficient. And the lower that number goes, the worse that gets. And what I mean by that is you have way more hours than what you need to have available. And I do not care your pay methodology. Just know this. You're buying 
hours, whether you realize it or not. And no one wants to go to work and stare at the wall and watch paint dry. You're only going to damage cultures when you do that. So if you have a low productivity, not only does it not, I mean, we can do the obvious math and say, hey, listen, it's harder for me to, you know, productivity is going to mean my sales are, are where I need them to be and, and the dollars end of it. I'm not even talking about that. We can automatically relate to that. I want everyone out there that's listening to realize low productivity impacts your culture in a negative way. And you have more time available than what you need. And I will guarantee you, this is just, I think, how we are wired as human beings. When I go to that thing called work, I want to work. Now, is it nice, right, to go in every now and again and have a slower day or that kind of thing? Sure. That nothing, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is repeatedly slower. Because here's what we know happens, and I've watched it, watched it, watched it. And, now, and again, I'm going to tell on myself, I've watched it in my own company, and I've watched it in many companies over the years. If you give people enough time to sit around, they'll find something to talk about and probably talk about in a negative way. And I guess what I'll say is, to be a little bit more blunt, they're going to find something to bitch about. Simple as that. And so... Low productivity doesn't lead to positive because it just, I want to go to work and I want to be busy. That's what we want to do. We, we need that drive and, you know, low is bad. And again, not only in, you know, there's all kind of other ill effects from it, you know, uh, how that can impact your pricing, you know, and your need for pricing of services. And, and I'm sure we'll kind of get down that road at some point too, but there's all kind of negative impacts that we need to be aware of too with lower productivity why not do more with less because that always leads to healthier companies culture wise and financially so be aware of the negative side too and again my line personally is below 75 percent. and if you are 70 or under you really are feeling the effects of a low productivity that you might not recognize, but you don't need as many hours as you have for sale. And I guarantee you more efficiency will lead to better just in general for your company. Such a great point. I'd love to go back and, and ask, you know, what to do when you're too busy. Um, I do, I, I'd love to even just share something that I, I was talking to a salon owner about recently in one of our power sessions, she was saying, you know, I'm the owner. I have three girls working for me. One of them, I, she can do hair. Um, but I have, I, I don't have to watch her, but I have two more and I have to watch them. They can't do hair. So all the clients go to me. I'm the only one who can take care of them and she's too busy to train. And it was literally about a 40 minute, um, session with her on, devising a training program that will work to help her artists get on the floor instead of having that consistent problem of like, I have no time to train. So that was like a whole conversation. And then I heard it again today. And I was just like, this is something that I totally could relate to in the past as a salon owner, I would have five clients at once. And, you know, 
I just, the, the, the clients didn't want to go to anybody but me. And we have all of those extra hours for sale. And it's like, how do we balance it out? Do you have any advice for that busy salon owner or that, or, or the salon owner with way low, their productivity is 200, but the rest of their team is 30%. Right. Well, and so I'm going to pick back on what you said, Gina, because there isn't another solution other than what you were already alluding to. And that's it. What you have to do is you've got to empower the rest of your team. You've got to be able to trust them. You've got, and, and if that means, and, and I would say to that salon or I, I could make the argument to that salon or I would rather you, I'd rather you sacrifice a little bit of the sales that might happen on the day to day to get the training up to speed that they need to feel good because that's going to help you in the long run. Don't ignore, I get, I think what I want to say, Gina, is this, is I think too many business owners that are in that situation, view it as the, the old fable, the tortoise and the hare, where they see themselves, they're the, they're the, the hare, the rabbit that's out in front and that runs quickly, but they can't stop enough to be able to say, you know what, slow and steady wins that race. And so if I stop what I'm doing here to come back and train those people, now I can move together. I, my business can move faster as a, as a business in general. And so, but too many people are like too afraid to hit the brakes or, or I hate to say it, they're too afraid to hit the brakes because they put themselves in a position where they can't hit the brakes to do that, but you've got to find a way. And that I hate to say it, but sometimes you just got to make really hard decisions or just say, and one of those hard decisions might just be, you know what? I got to take an extra couple hours, even when I don't want those extra couple hours to come in early or stay later to continue to do training. If I'm that against the wall, that's what I got to do because I got to empower my team and get them going. But sometimes though, Sometimes it just comes down to, I have to just trust what they do know. And I've seen too many business owners just be like, eh, I'm just not sure. And if we wait until everyone is ready, no, no person's ever going to be exactly ready. You know what I mean? You sometimes just got to go, you know what? I got to get these people out there. I got to get them doing their things. I know that they have enough knowledge and skill you know, but sometimes we just hold on and we expect perfection. And like our trainings last two years, it's like, what are you doing people? I so. totally agree with you. And I'm experiencing that with my two girls working at the network who are going from my baby birds to, you know, taking their own guests. And I think that's something that I, I taught at GBH, which was one of the things that we really were firm about was, you know, not everything's going to be perfect all the time treat every guest like they're your mom, treat every guest. Like they're someone you deeply care about. If it's not your mom, one girl couldn't stand her mom. So she was doing to, I was like, treat every person. Like it's their, like it's your dog. Cause she cared about her dog more than anything in the world. And with that mindset and that culture of taking care of every single guest, like they were a dear loved one, I trusted all of them to take care of the clients. And I think that the trust factor is huge and nobody's mm -hmm. going to be ready. And it's almost like your words encouraged me because of course I want them to not fall, but I fell so many times starting out. I had so many redos. I had so many unhappy guests. Right. I had so many mistakes. I learned so much and not every, you're not 
not just born ready to do it. You have to learn. And I think that that's really really true. And I think that for the owner, you know, I hear it a lot. I hear it almost, I I, I don't want to say it, but I hear it almost every day when I'm coaching and doing stuff. Um, when I'm helping and mentoring salon owners and everything that I'm the one who brings in all the money. I'm the one who keeps the place open. And it's just like, okay, we get it. We get it. It's your place. And if I'm an employee listening to that, like all I'm feeling is guilt and shame that I'm not good enough to help you. Right. And I can't help you. And I think that that's a super toxic environment and a lot of owners are toxic and they don't even know it. So not trusting your team is toxic in my opinion and throwing around the word toxic 200 times is toxic too. So I don't want to (laughs) just, you know what I mean? I'm not like that either, but sometimes that we have to look in the mirror and say, we are the problem at, at times. And I think the trust is huge. And I love that you brought that up. And I think it's super relevant. Yep. I love awesome. it. Yeah. So, stuff. um, all right. So what to do when you're too busy, we're going to hire and train. And I totally agree with you that sometimes you just have to slow it down. And I mean, spending within your means, you know, we were talking on the last episode about, you know, financial literacy and even being conservative as a salon owner, you know, it's really important if you put yourself in a situation where you have to work so much that you can't take a breath to train somebody, I, I, part of it to me is like, either we're spending outside of our means, we're, we're extending ourselves too much, or maybe we just have a fear of being abandoned by our clients. If we can't get them in right away, we're afraid of letting everybody down, but we're letting down our team. So really taking a breath, taking a minute and doing the training, and it will all come back to you tenfold. Right. Well, I think Gina, what you're bringing up too, you know, I don't want to go too far off uh, to the side, but I think what you're bringing up is the fact that you have to really look and reevaluate and say, what did I want to create? You know, because I'm creating the situation for myself. It's like, you're not creating an environment for people to grow in. You're just creating a situation where it's just like, yeah, if, if you can't empower and entrust others around you, that's not the situation that I don't think any of us really set out to create, but is that where you've ended up and saying, all right, hey, how am I going to change the script on this? Because I want to change something in, that says, this isn't what I want to create here. I, I want something different than that. So, you know, just kind of gets me thinking in that line to realize it's like, sometimes we don't necessarily always realize how'd I get here, but we just have to recognize sometimes where we are and go, okay, you know what? I got off track. I took a wrong turn. I did something, but I just need to recenter myself and, you know, uh, get myself back on the, on the, on the, on the right course for where I want to go. Totally. And I've, I've talked to people about this and they're like, and I'm like, okay, well, are you ready to like make changes happen? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm just like, okay, what's the first step? What do we do? And I'll I'll recommend, why don't you take a look at your schedule? And they're like, well, I'm booked out six months. And it's just like a lot of the time it's really hard to make the choices, the hard decision 
to focus on something else. You know what I mean? So I just really think that it might, the hard decision might be coming in on your day off, might be coming in early, might be staying late. Like you said, Michael, um, it might be blocking out a few days in the future that you don't have anybody and blocking them off for training days and even yep. giving yourself a break. So you can get re-inspired, realigned with what right. you were just saying, like why you even started. So I love all of that. I think it's super relevant to today, especially with salon owners and especially with the fear, um, you know, behind the chair and working in the salon clients do have a lot of unrealistic expectations. And it, there is a lot of fear behind the chair today. Like I see it every single day. And I do feel for new stylists that are starting today. It's a different kind of customer that we see. And I totally empathize with everybody, stylists, salon owners, everybody who's working in the trenches behind the chair. It is a different type of customer that we're dealing with and a lot of high expectations. So really factoring in the self-care and really factoring in like put, taking care of yourself, because if you're the owner triple booked with a million clients and you're taking care of the team and all of their clients that you have to worry about, where do you come in? You know, yep. so you can be too busy. And when you're too busy, I think the big thing is to take action and really realign. Like you said, like look in the mirror and, and see like, okay, how did I get here? What was I trying to create and what can I do to change it? Yep. Love it. Okay. So Love the it. next question is how can I improve productivity? We started talking about that. My little squirrel brain got us right into it, but we went right. back and really unpacked it, but we were talking about if you are not super productive, if your productivity is low, you can become in you you've become inefficient. You have too many hours for sale. It's damaging to culture. If they have too much right. time, um, self-doubt could come overthinking. I put the, I put, I'm taking notes here too, but they might feel like, Oh, I'm not good enough. People might not be booking me because I'm not good enough. They'll find things to complain about. So low productivity is detrimental as well. So what can we do to improve productivity? In the beginning of the episode, we talked about pre-book love pre-book. Yep. Do you have any other tips for improving that productivity? Yeah. So I got another one that I'll, I'll share. Um, probably actually got a couple more, but I, we'll start with, we'll kind of catch one at a time. Uh, before I do, I want to go back to, cause I gave the number. Cause I think, again, it's good to measure everything uh, as to where we are. So we gave a productivity number, say, Hey, sweet spot productivity, 80 to 85%. Let's talk. We already talked about pre-book, but let me give you a number to shoot for uh, 70% or higher. All right, seventy percent or higher. Um, if you're at least a seventy percent or more, you're doing well with pre-book, very well with pre-book. That should be the standard that you set for yourselves. And then it just as a matter of it begins, as I said to everyone I coach with, if the number begins with a seven, then all we're working on is just beat our best, right? And so, can we get that to seventy-five percent and average that, and then can we get it up to eighty percent and and such forth? So, but if you can live in the seventy to eighty percent range. You're doing really well with that number. If you're below that, you got room for improvement. All right. You got some room for improvement. And I would tell you this, if you're under 50%, I would stop the other focuses that I have that I think are really important in my company. And I focus on that right away because it's going to give you the greatest, almost one of the greatest immediate returns on that time spent to, to make that happen. So again, use that as a guide for yourself. Absolutely. And pre-book, you can track every single day. You're not going to see yes. the reward um, every single day, like right in the beginning, but like, you'll be able to look at your numbers and be like, oh, I had 80% pre-book today. And it's a really yep. awesome quick win. Yep. It's a really, exactly. It is really yep. awesome. something you can start tomorrow. 
um, very easily and, and be aware of. So, you know, and it's an easy one. If you don't have, it, it, this is even one of those things, and I'm not even going to let any of you out there listening use your technology as an excuse. Uh, the simple fact of the matter is almost every, I, I don't know a software system point of sale software that I haven't worked with that doesn't track it. But even if you don't have it, even if you're the one like, I'm the exception of the rule, it's so easy to track by hand. You, you know what I mean? A little tally sheet. How many clients did I see? How many of those left with a future appointment? Just check mark and check mark. And yep, saw 10 people, uh, five of those left with an appointment in the future. Great, 50%. You know, same math as before, you know, uh, you know, small number divided by big number type of thing. So that's easy. All right. But you did ask for other ideas uh, outside the pre-book. Uh, my next one that I would bring up around increasing productivity, especially when we've got time more available to sell, is the second place I'd look to is, I guess we'll, we'll kind of lump all these into one, but I'll say add-ons, cross-promote, upsells, all right? Uh, we can talk about each one of these. I think they all have their nuances independently. But what I would say is, you know, I would look especially for the add-on, you know what I mean? And what that means to me is something that we could offer that really doesn't take a whole lot of extra time, but we could easily do um, and accomplish because every 15 minutes even that you sell makes a big difference uh, as far as that goes. So I'd look for those add-ons or upsells uh, immediately. And I know a lot of you out there have those even what I'll say, even those menu of services that probably all have an affordability aspect around them to some degree. Like you might say, hey, listen, I got 10 services that are under 25 bucks, you know, just as you look down it. It might not even be specifically spelled out that way, but just looking at your menus. Those are great ways to go, hey, listen, as long as you're here, why don't we? And by the way, this also becomes a team sport. All right. This isn't just this is not just limited now. I'm not just talking to the owner. I'm not just talking to a service provider or team member. I'm talking to everyone from the front desk. Everybody participates and come participate in this because it's a team sport. We can all recognize the fact that we have time. And like I said, the upsell or cross promote those, especially if you have large chunks of time, really be strategic about how we can plant the seed to be able to sell other bits of time. You know, we know the old trick. Like, so Mrs. Jones, what are you doing with your color today? Oh, I didn't know I was in for any color today. Oh, well, oh, okay. Well, man, I had some fantastic ideas. So if you'd like to hear them, you know, that kind of thing, you know, and you know, find ways, cross promote, you know, to other services or other things that that other team members offer as a business looking at from business standpoint, or other things that you offer that are like, hey, listen, I have the time to do this. Don't ever be shy about cross promotion because uh, it benefits the business uh, and everyone that's a part of it. I think that that's like the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. It's like, oh, what are we doing with color? I didn't know I was in for color. I never have heard that. Oh, well, I got some great ideas for you. I mean, who's going to go, no, I don't want to hear your great ideas. No one's going to tell you, no, I don't want to hear a great idea. Now, they still may not take you up on it, but what it may do is, I don't have time for that today, but could we do that next time? 
Sure we can. So now instead, next time, instead of just selling 45 minutes, I'm selling two hours of time because of what I did today. So it might not sell in that immediate moment when we hope it does, but suddenly now we sold two more hours in the future that we didn't have sold when that person walked in. Because no one's going to tell you, right, Gina? No one's going to be like, no, you know what, Michael? I don't want to hear that great idea that you have. I'd like you to keep that all to yourself. No, everyone's going to be curiosity, man. It's almost like, don't smell that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we know you can't avoid that kind of thing. Like, okay. So I love it. And I, it, it almost becomes, it becomes a game. And it's yep. like, you're taking me back to, to my GBH days, which were some amazing days. And some of the things that we did, um, that helped us sell our time were we had a wash house menu and we yep. had a tea tree shampoo and can, uh, uh, tea tree experience. It was like a tingly experience. We had a keratin, uh, conditioning treatment. We had a moisture conditioning treatment and we had what else? like a collagen one or something like we had like five different treatments to choose from. All of them were all different prices. And then we had our Olaplex menu and that menu was the set, the big upsell. Like if you could sell that one, like you killed it and we made it super high value. So it was crazy not to buy it. Like it included the, the um, take-home treatment. It included so much. And we had like yep. pictures, we had a laminated on the color bar laminated like what it was and it, the before and after and we upsold so many treatments it was unbelievable you can ask anyone who worked at gbh it was like a game and we celebrated at huddle we called it powwow but we celebrated as a team and when we talk about staff retention i think we really should dive deep into how huddle and powwows and oh, yeah. those meetings are critical because yep. that's when we celebrated our wins and that's when we held each other accountable or um, celebrated each other rather for our wins. I, I think it was like really, really awesome. And other things that we did, especially during the summer when it was slow, every guest we were pre-booking like a week or two later for a keratin. Yep. Um, keratin treatments, those two, one and a half to two hour services that two team members could do where we can do them in 40 minutes. Uh, when we had a lot of team members available, Car team keratin treatments were huge. We actually did a sale on them. We did 50% off keratin and we had everybody in town trying our salon and we had two people doing them. And when I hired people, that's how I got their books full was keratin. A lot of people do a blow dry bar to get people, get people experience. We would do keratin and we yeah. would do it nonstop. And, and it was like a game. It totally was like a game. Once you start keeping track of the number, once you know the score, it becomes a game. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to what you just were saying, Gina, that's, this actually helps us to address even the, the, the problem we were having, we were citing on the other side where, Hey, an owner is 200% productive, like always busy, but they have team members that aren't listen as an owner, then maybe, maybe you do have in a real genuine way. Maybe you just have people that aren't up to speed with everything. But what things are they up to speed with that you can cross promote into them that's not only going to get them busy, generate your business a higher level of sales, but that also makes them feel empowered and it grows their skills. You know, Gina, you know, it really hit me when you were saying, hey, listen, we had people, team members that came in and the way we got them, we got them trained and skilled on keratin. Boom. There you go. You know, high value service. Uh, that we can do that's in, in, in demand. And that's how we're going to get you. Maybe they couldn't do 
these other five services yet, because we are still in training, but they could do this service and we're going to make sure we maximize that. So that, that fills, that kind of works on both sides of the scale that we just kind of looked at, whether we need to fill some time or where we are highly productive, looking to grow team. Don't, you know, in, that's that empowering your team can, you know, component, uh, depending on which way you want to look at it, but it, it, it helps in any situation. So, you know, you, so you've got, like I said, if I'm looking at it, big things, easy things, pre-book, upsell, add-on, cross-promote, those things absolutely are going to impact productivity. No doubt about it. I love it. I'm going to add one more just because I'm on, I'm on fire right now. I'd also, I'd also love to add one way to improve productivity is to confirm your appointments Mm. and protect your schedule. Because when we didn't have a consistent front desk person helping us out, a guest care team, we had so many no-shows. We had so many last minute cancellations and it is so critical to confirm your schedule. So critical. Confirm, confirm, confirm. Wow. We just went over so much. That's good stuff. I did. Well, I've got more on my list, but I'm like, all right, I'm going to save that one for customer loyalty. or I'm going to save this for there because there are things that likes to start just to give you one idea. And we won't I won't explore it here. I'll save it for when we talk about that outcome. But this is just another illustration of how these, I just want to illustrate more than anything, how the four business outcomes intertwine with one another and about how one thing affects another thing. If you want to talk about growing productivity, the number one of the biggest things you can do. So though we talked about pre-book, upsell add-ons, uh, and again, confirmations, those are immediate things you can do. Another thing that you can do right now and start to impact right now that will absolutely impact productivity is create a great customer experience and retain the guest. That grows productivity faster than anything in the long term that's more customer loyalty related in the when it comes to the details of talking about that that's going to we'll, we'll save that conversation for that outcome when we dive into it but you can see the illustration is that the customer loyal piece the piece that I do over here suddenly trickles over into the idea that it impacts productivity because what I did in this outcome impacts this outcome. And oh, by the way, to tie this together, we grow productivity. What's naturally going to happen makes it easier. I'm not going to say makes it happen, makes it easier for us to have profitability. And again, we'll save any of that discussion. We'll keep these segmented, but just kind of trying to paint the picture for you guys that it's not, nothing lives in its own little place. They all intertwine together when you really look at it in the end. I totally agree. And it's so fun to talk about and like nerd out on because we both love this industry. Oh, so totally. Much. Totally geeking out. Totally geeking out. Cause like, you'll say something and I'm like, oh my God, like my brain, like, have you ever seen like those pictures? Like they're like the meme where like the whole part of the brain lights up. Like that's how I feel when I talk about salon business. And this is so awesome. I'm so excited for the next episode where we're going to dive deep into profitability. We're going to talk about everything profitability, how to grow it, how to make it happen. This episode was amazing. Michael, thank you so much. 
And time flew. I can't believe we're already done. I can't believe how fast that went, but I'm like, well, we better do a few more of these, Gina. That's all I got to say. We better do a few more. (laughs) Yeah, they're so good. So I'm so excited. Everybody remember, be sure to check out strategies at strategies for biz on Instagram and be sure to visit their site, www.strategies.com. Make sure to use my code Gina 10. If you get a course, it goes on all of their courses. You could save 10%. They are amazing courses. I've taken all of them. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are like, Gina, I want to do what you do. I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) you need to educate yourself. And who better to learn from than the people who I learn from? Like, I love strategy so much, you guys. And I hope that you're enjoying this series so far. I am. I'm learning so much and I'm getting so inspired just talking about salon business. And I hope you are too. So remember, use my code Gina10, check out strategies. If you have a question you'd like to ask us toward the end of our series, we're going to be doing some Q&A. Please be sure to DM either me at I am Gina Bianca or strategies at at strategies for biz on Instagram. Everybody, I hope you have an amazing day. Michael, thank you again. And we'll see you on the next one. What's up, everybody? I want to let you know before we go that Strategies has one of the best classes for hair salons, hairstylists, independent artists, whoever you are. If you want to grow your business, you need to take Incubator. I've taken this class three times. It's one of my best kept secrets. You know, they taught me so much about business. Highly recommend Strategies and all of their seminars. I've taken pretty much all of them and some of them multiple times. I coached with Strategies for three years during my, um, you know, ownership at Gina Bianca Hair and it was the best thing for me. I learned so much from them. Their uh, seminars, you could save 10% using my code Gina10. They are some of the best seminars in the industry. So I hope you take them. You could visit strategies.com. You can also click the link in the uh, description of this podcast and just use my code Gina10. You'll save 10% off these amazing seminars. Hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast. This episode is produced by Alora Media.